0: look down, I knew it was Gay Ann. <laughs> I can tell by the voice. Jared, thank you so much, brother. Uh, that is encouraging to hear what God is doing and has done in your life. And uh, on behalf of Crosspoint, we're we're excited for you to, to be ordained as a deacon this morning. Uh, we'll be in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. If you turn in your Bibles there with me, uh, I'll read the text and then I'll pray for us. Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. God's Word says this, Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the Word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, who... Uh, who we will appoint to this duty, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip and Prochorus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Let us pray. God, right now, as we open your word, let our hearts be receptive to hear what you have to say. Let the deacons and Jared being uh, nominated and the congregation all, let us all be challenged by what you have to say in Acts 6, 1-7. For it has something to say to us all, not just deacons in particular. Lord, again, we love you. We thank you for the grace that you've given us in Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, Interesting, the seminary that I went to in uh, in North Carolina, Wake um, Wake Forest, North Carolina, is Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Interestingly, it's on the campus of Wake Forest University. So if you go to Wake Forest and you're looking for Wake Forest University, you're three hours from the right place. Uh, Wake Forest University moved to Winston-Salem in like 1950. And so don't go to Wake Forest looking for Wake Forest University because you won't find it. But interestingly, Southeastern is on the campus of Wake Forest University's old, uh, old campus. And Wake Forest University used to be a Baptist-affiliated school many, many years back. And their mascot is an interesting mascot, and it explains this. Their mascot is the Demon Deacon. Yeah, right? It, it makes you laugh, and then it makes you wonder, how did they get this reputation? Demon Deacon, right? Like, how did they get this kind of like, you know, this bad name associated with them that deacons act demonically sometimes? And, uh, you know, we laugh and chuckle, but the, the, the name given to them and the, the kind of, you know, characterization has to come from someplace that sometimes, you know, in the life of local churches, uh, deacons have not functioned as they should have and as they, the Bible has called them to function. Sometimes deacons have uh, been self-absorbed and self-seeking and care more about their interests and their needs rather than the congregation that they have been called to serve. Thankfully, I don't think that's the case here at Crosspoint. I don't think we have demon deacons, and I don't think Jared Kingsley is a demon deacon. <laughs> yeah, thank thank God, right? And so some of that, I think the reason is that there's this bad characterization of de- uh, of not demons, if I called the deacons demons, please forgive me, uh, The bad uh, characterization of demons, uh, (laughs) I feel like I just told you that, please forgive me for that. The bad characterization of deacons comes from a misunderstanding of what deacons are called to do in the life of the local church. It's a misunderstanding of their relationship with the elders and with the congregation at large. So this morning, I hope that we can see a, a more clear biblical portrait of what God has designed, how the local churches to function and how deacons are to function in the life of the local church and so hopefully we can see that from acts 6 1 through 7 uh, and, and my hope is that this will be an encouragement to jared but also to the deacons and to the congregation itself of what jared what you will now be entering into what your role is here at cross point Point. and deacons i hope this is an encouragement to you to be a reminder of what, what why are you a deacon in congregation what you should be expecting from the deacons as well so let's look at this in acts six one through seven is this first we find out the need for deacons in verse one is that the appointment of deacons arose out of a need there was a need in the life of the local church therefore they needed deacons a need arose and they saw fit to appoint deacons for this need so deacons exist and function to meet the needs of the church, and so isn't it interesting? From the birth of the early church, there was needs. Sometimes we kind of say that that was like the golden age of the church. The early church had it all right, but look, they're not even immune to needs. They have their own needs, and the same is characteristic of today. Is that the early church has needs that need to be met, and so does the church today. Is that we still have needs going on here in Crosspoint and in every church, and so deacons. Are appointed and they exist to meet the needs of the church, and this is what's happening. Look, look at verse one is that the church is exploding. It, 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 it's it's bursting. Is that people are coming out of the woodwork to follow this Jesus Christ and to join in this Jesus community? It, it's exploding. It's advancing. This section six one through seven is is bookended by this. Is that. The church is multiplying in verse 1, and then you look in verse 7, the same language is being used. The church is multiplying. So the church is expanding and growing, and as we know, when things get bigger and, and multiplies and grows, is that sometimes there's gaps, right? There's things that you're not prepared for, right? To meet. And that's what's happening. The church is growing, but there's gaps that need to be tended to. And the case is here is that the Greek-speaking Jews uh, feel like their widows are being neglected in in the Daily distribution. There's people falling through the cracks here. And in the life of the local church, that's not a good thing. In the life of the local church, people shouldn't be falling through the cracks. And so the church recognized the issue, they recognized the problem, and they sought to remediate it. And that was why they appointed deacons, is that they are appointed because there is a need. We see a similar situation in Moses' own ministry, and I would really encourage you to go look at Exodus 18. Really interesting, So Israel is expanding and growing in Exodus 18, and Moses is trying to handle all the responsibilities, He's trying to juggle everything, and Jethro, the wise father-in-law, comes to him and says, "Moses, this is not good for you. Like you, you don't need to be doing this. You need to appoint some men to help you to delegate some responsibilities." And he does so. Same thing is happening here is that the church is growing and expanding. They're seeing that there are needs all around, there's gaps that need to be filled. And so what do they do? They appoint deacons. Deacons are appointed to serve a need. So brothers, deacons, Jared, you are here to serve a need. And that is the needs of the church. Because from the birth of the church, there's always been needs. And so they require servants to tend to them. So this is why we are here today, is to appoint Jared as a deacon. Because there are still needs in the life of the local church. And so, deacons, let me just admonish you right now, Jared and everyone, is this, that if you are here to just hold a title and not serve the needs of the church, then I would ask you to push away from the table because we don't need more deacons. The church at large doesn't need more deacons by title merely, but by function. We don't need any more deacons who hold the title for a power play to try and gain some authority and grasp it. We need men who will serve as deacons because the churches recognize that they have the integrity and godliness of a deacon, and they have a willing and servant heart to serve the needs of the church. The church needs men who are deacons by character and function. That The church, the church doesn't meet, need men who who love power but not the pain of service. The church doesn't need men who want to harm the body more than help. The church doesn't need men who are self-serving rather than sacrificial. The church needs men who love the tables more than the title. That's what the church needs. So, Jared, all the deacons, let me admonish you again. The deacons exist because the church has needs. And you are here to meet the needs for the good of the church and the glory of Christ. Second thing is this, is the role of deacons. The role of deacon is to serve. It's a unique but not an inferior position to elders. You think about a flathead and a Phillips head screwdriver. Can you argue, uh, you know, maybe somebody can argue in here. Can you argue that one is somehow inherently superior to the other? Probably not. I'd like to hear the argument but probably not one is made for a particular situation right and so is the other one same as with deacons and elders is that one is not inferior to the other they have been purposed for and designed for a particular need and purpose in the same way deacons are not inferior to the elders both roles are unique and necessary to the life and the health of the local church, the role of the elders is this: it's the ministry of prayer and the word. The twelve recognized that there was a need in the church, and they realized they, that their uh, responsibility was not to try and balance and do some bouncing act and juggling act to try and you know serve and also do the ministry of the word and take care of the administration of the church. They realized it; they would not be doing their service well the ministry of the Word, if they were trying to balance this. So they recognize they need somebody else to come in and care for those needs, the practical needs of the church. And that's where the deacons come in. So that the deacons, they have the ministry of the tables. They're appointed to help the practical needs of the church so that the elders can function and do what they have been tasked to do, called by God to do, and that's the ministry of the Word. But just because... The office of deacon is one of serving tables and waiting on tables. It doesn't mean it's inferior or bushly, in a sense. Is that when the deacon is functioning correctly as it should be, it is a great demonstration of the glory of Jesus Christ. You think about Mark chapter 10. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Philippians 2. Christ Himself, He emptied Himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. So when deacons are functioning as they should be, supporting the ministry, serving the needs of the local church, they are demonstrating to everyone the glory of Jesus Christ because He came to serve and not to be served. So deacons are not inferior to the elders. Their role is service-oriented, and when functioning properly, they allow the elders to meet the spiritual needs of the church. So deacons, let me say this: fight against this mindset of thinking, What is the least that I can do to still be considered a deacon? What's the very least and let's just take a, an example of this, is that the widow's brunch that we do every year, incredible time. Is that your ministry to widows? It extends outside of just a yearly widow's brunch. Your ministry to widows is all year long. And so, you deacons should serve the widows of Cross Point the same way you would want your wife or your mother to be served by the deacons if something were to happen to you. My mom lives three hours away from me, I can't get there quickly. But I trust the deacons of her church to take care of her if something were to come up. I trust them with that. Deacons, let me admonish you with this. Care for the widows, and that extends outside of one year, one yearly brunch to check off the box. Excel in your ministry because in excelling in your ministry, you're bringing glory to Jesus Christ because you're accurately demonstrating what He has done for us because Christ has come To serve the needy and the broken, which is us. We are broken by sin, and we need somebody to come and serve and help us. And that is what Jesus has come to do in his life and his death and his resurrection. To do something for us that we cannot do on our own for ourselves. So excel in your ministry, deacons. Don't get into this mindset of, what is the least I can do? Do what you can. Thirdly, is the qualifications for deacons. Is that just because it's a service-oriented office in the church doesn't minimize the qualifications that it has. It still has high qualifications for men to serve. The deacons aren't just picked lottery style. Jared Kingsley. Can we do a redo? You know, one of those kind of things. It's, It's in lottery style kind of stuff. We're not just picking, oh, we got to pick some money, any money, mo, you got it. No. Is that what's happened in the life of the local church here? Is that they're, they're told and instructed look around you. Look around you. Who, who is serving like a deacon? Who has the qualifications of the deacon? Appoint them. They have perceivable traits, they are noticeably godly men. They don't magically transform into a deacon overnight or by an ordination. They're already functioning like that and they have the integrity and godliness to go along with it. And so, one of the things is this look for men who have the spirit and wisdom. That's what he says. Pick out from among you seven men of good repute, those who have a good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom. It's that men who. You can already tell that the Spirit of God is, has worked or and is doing a work in their life. You clearly see the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. And they're wise. They care about what God thinks about and what God cares about. They're concerned with what He thinks. And I think in Jared Kingsley, we can all and have all recognized that clearly God has done a work in Jared's life. And he is a wise man. And I'm thankful for that. And we see a small glimpse of this in Stephen himself. Stephen is appointed as one of the deacons, and then the next uh, section of Scripture that we get is, we get Stephen is bombarded with haters in verse 8 and following. But it says in verse 10, they started to dispute against him, but they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit. So he he is basically becoming an apologist for the Christian faith. And so being a deacon doesn't mean you are in a position of silence. doesn't mean that you're part of the presidential wait staff and you only speak when you're spoken to. No, what we see in the life of Stephen is that you're serving and bearing witness to the name of Christ. So just because you're a deacon doesn't mean you have to keep your mouth closed and work and that you work for the church as a job. Now you serve out of love for Christ and in that you bear witness to those around you. Of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lastly, is this the goal of deacons? Is that the goal of deacons is that Jesus, by his Spirit, works through the harmonious partnership of elders and deacons in the life of the church to grow his church and advance his mission? I don't know anybody in here, you might get awestruck by different things, maybe a painting or a song. I get awestruck by a double play in baseball. It, it is just beautiful. It, it is beautiful. And, uh, you know, watching the other night, I saw LSU do a double play. You know, it reminded me when I was in high school playing baseball. I never played high school baseball. <laughs> my mom, funny story, my mom paid me to stop playing baseball. I was that bad. <laughs> Wisest parenting move? So, but I'm still awestruck by the double play. Uh, and, and just consider what goes into a double play if, you're, if you don't know what I'm talking about Let me just explain Is that a hard hit ground ball at the shortstop Makes a diving catch Flings it to the second baseman Where he taps the base Jumps over the runner that's sliding into him Throws a perfect ball on a rope to the first baseman Where he outstretches To send both of them back to the dugout It is poetry in motion po- <laughs> You want to do the motions again? Yeah, it, it is poetry in motion because each player is functioning just how they were, they were made and put while they were put in that particular position to function just just how they were intended to and they're functioning in that they're contributing to an overall goal is to get out of the inning, right? Same way with elders and deacons in the life of the local church, right? It's the same way when the church is functioning how it should through a harmonious partnership between biblical elders and deacons in the congregation, it is beautiful. And it advances God's mission and his goal and his gospel. Right? Consider how Luke has set this up. I've already said this, but it begins by the church is exploding. And this is his flow of thought. Church is exploding. There becomes a need. They fulfill the need. And look what happens at the end of verse 7. In verse 7. And the word of God continued to increase the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, so much so that even priests are coming to faith in Christ. So here's the flow of thought. Is that, man, when the church is functioning as they should, they see a need, they appoint deacons to meet that need, and guess what? When everybody is functioning as they should, the church grows and advances God's mission in the world. This is the goal is that when each are fulfilling their God-designed, Christ-exalting, Spirit-empowered roles, we see the church grow and flourish. And so this is a celebratory time for us as we appoint Jerry Kingsley to the office of deacon. Because this is exactly what we should be doing in our church. Seeing needs and seeking to fulfill them. This is what God has called us to and instructed us. Because he has designed and instructed the church to govern themselves and operate in this way. And so let me do two last admonishments and say this. As deacons, I, I want to say first to Jared, congratulations. We're thankful for you to have this opportunity to serve Cross Point in this way. And Deacon Body, I want to say this is that it, it is a wonderful time in the life of Cross Point. And so let me encourage all deacons serve the body out of a love for Christ. Identify the needs in the church and seek to meet them. Remember that you are a deacon by function and not just by title. And that your position is not inferior to the elders. And the goal of serving well is to glorify Jesus in the edification and growth of His church. Serve faithfully, brothers. Now, congregation, you may think you, you've you slid You know, slid by in this. Oh yeah, deacons do all the service. It's on them. Sorry, you're not getting away with it this morning. Is that You may not be called to be a deacon, but because you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you are called to serve in and through the life of the local church. We can't get away from this. Service is a ministry of the entire church. So are you using your gifts in the church to grow the church To strengthen the church are you using your gifts are you using your gifts to serve those around you because if this morning you say i don't really feel obligated to serve then what you're saying is i'm better than jesus that's what you're saying because as we read mark 10 this is exactly why jesus came he didn't come to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many This is the entire ministry of the entire church. It's to serve those around us. And so you might be saying, well, there's just nothing to do. There's no opportunities. You can't use that argument. The opportunities are endless. The problem is not opportunities. The problem is your priorities. Let me say that one more time. The opportunities at Crosspoint are endless. It's not the problem problem is an opportunity the problem is priorities let me just a couple things if you're thinking i don't know how to serve mdo program we have 200 kids come over here we have teachers that we can serve we have parents that we can serve we have children that we can serve you can talk you can talk with people here we can give you esl ministry we have people from come from all over the world to come here on sunday nights for esl miscarriage ministry the food pantry St. Vincent de Paul, Southeast Ministries. Don't tell me there ain't opportunities. Don't tell me that. Because they are. It's priorities. And so, if we are following Christ, and what He has come to do is serve, then His disciples should be marked by service in and through the life of the local church. Use your gifts. Don't withhold them. Use them. Let me pray for us. God, I love you and I thank you for your your word and I pray, God, this morning is an exciting morning as Crosspoint is participating in what you have called us and designed us to do to appoint deacons for the service and the needs of the church. And I'm thankful for Jared Kingsley. I pray, Lord, that you give him and all of our deacons a servant's heart, a love for the body of Christ, to see it grow and to see it flourish, to meet needs, God, because this is what the gospel is all about. Is that in our greatest need, in our brokenness, Christ has entered into this world to meet our needs. And He has met it in His own life and death and resurrection. Is that our greatest need is righteousness because we need to be righteous before a holy God. But we are unrighteous. And He has come and He has died on the cross and given us His righteousness. So father, I pray this morning that deacons and the entire congregation we would serve in light of this glorious gospel that is about our savior coming to serve. Lord, we love you. Be with us in the rest of the service. Amen. You please stand.